another episode of Sports Talk Mostly. I'm very excited to bring you guys this interview guest. This is the hoop genius, Mo, <laughs> all the way over <laughs> in the UK. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for having me on. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> I appreciate that. We talked a little bit before the show, but I want to give the audience a few like icebreaker questions to get to know you a little bit better. So okay. if you had to choose one actor or actress to play you in a film about you, who would it be? Oh, this is really bad because I don't know his name. Um, but have you seen Howard and Kumar? Yeah. Kumar from Howard and Kumar. <laughs> talking about him yesterday <laughs> how and kumar go to white castle remind me of a, a, an earlier time in life so <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm gonna go with, with, with kumar from how and kumar because i okay, think it'd be good. funny he's a funny guy it'd be funny he's hilarious i actually watched that movie a couple of weeks ago and i like forgot how funny it is and how many like quotables there are in it it's so good <laughs> <laughs> okay question number two another icebreaker there's one left after this uh, okay. if you, I think I, I think I know which answer you're going to go with on this. Maybe that says more about me than it does you, but pick one to be for a day, hero or villain. Ah, uh, well, as in like a superhero kind of thing or. Sure. Yeah, I'll be, I don't know. Cause, cause sometimes I like being a villain cause it's fun, but you know, I'm a man of the people at the end of the day. So I, I got to go with a hero. Okay. I've got to go with a hero, you know? Okay. Um, as fun as being a villain would be, I'm going to have to yeah. you know, put a smile. Yeah, the villain role is always fun. I mean, like, get your James Harden on. Go go with that villain. But um, question number three. If you had to pick one food to eat at least once a day for the rest of your life, what would you pick? I'm picking cereal. Cereal? What kind of cereal? Cereal. Well, that's the thing, because I pick cereal, I could have a different cereal every day <laughs> rather than having to stick to one food. You know what I mean? That's true. So I could have all types. It's so versatile. Um, you know, I eat cereal not in the mornings like a normal human. I obviously am in the UK. So yeah. I stay awake watching the NBA until 6 a.m. So throughout the middle of the night, it's just easy to get a bowl, pour in the cereal, pour in the milk, because anyone who puts the milk before the cereal, I don't know what they're doing. They're but, just crazy. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, so cereal is versatile. It's always there. It's 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 the best. So I'm I'm rocking with cereal. That's a good answer. That's boring as that. Cereal is not a breakfast food. It's a snack food. Like absolutely for real. Not a breakfast food for sure. So that's a good choice. You definitely got me on the technicality of not having to <laughs> not having to pick one. So good job. <laughs> You're like I can put anything down this cereal. Oh, that's true. That's true. Man, cereal is so good. You make me want a bowl of cereal now. Literally. Uh, literally I'm thinking the same. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk recent NBA news. There's obviously got a lot going on. It's trade season. We just finished summer league, all of that stuff. Uh, some big topics that I wanted to get your opinions on. First one, uh, what do you think of, I guess we're going to call it the blockbuster trade of the summer, Russell to the Lakers. What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts initially, I like the move, mainly because I'm a huge fan. Like, I come online and I see all these shows and I see whatever, and Russell Westbrook gets so much disrespect from people that I think that this gives him the best shot to win a championship because they were never going to win in Washington. Right. Also, you know, being from L.A., 
Russell Westbrook being back home, I'm happy for him because I know he's super happy and it's a dream cut for every kid in LA is to grow up to be a Laker. That, I'm happy for him. Um, but also because, you know, LeBron needs to rest a bit more and AD is like made of glass. So they're going to need to rest more throughout the regular season because we're back to an 82 game regular season. It's not a bubble. It's not a 72 game. So they're going to need someone to carry the load throughout the regular season and let these guys rest. Russell Westbrook, that's what he does. Triple, double every night. He's going to come in. He's going to give 100%. This, you could, everyone can debate whether he's going to fit on the team, if they've got enough defense or they've got enough shooters. But the, the thing you can't debate is he's going to bring it. And with that Lakers uniform in the Staples Center, he's going to bring it twice as hard as ever before. So he's going to show up every night, regardless of if Anthony Davis is injured or LeBron's ankle is hurting. Russell Westbrook's going to be there. And we've seen that he can carry a team all by himself if he has to. And the role players aren't too bad there. So I like the move for the Lakers. Yeah, I don't like the move for Dennis Schroeder because because <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they got Westbrook, they'll say goodbye, goodbye, Dennis. But you know, I'm, I'm happy for us. Obviously, I'm a Celtics fan. I would never root for the Lakers to win. Right. But if the Lakers did win, I would be very happy for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, because that's I, I'm, obviously that's exactly what he went there for. So uh, there's definitely a lot of naysayers out there. I, as a Blazers fan, have admittedly been one of them. I've seen. <laughs> I've seen. Um, and I'm also completely heartbroken about the addition of Melo, but hopefully he'll get a lot of good looks and, um, you know, he'll definitely be available to give Russell several assists for that triple-double. So. Well it just, it just changes everything though, doesn't it? Because like, look at Mello, how he's viewed all time and Westbrook, how he's viewed all time. The things that people say, especially in the, the way the media is nowadays, they're always like, oh, he hasn't got a championship though. As if that's the difference between being a great, like Mello is an all-time great player right. with or without a championship. Russell Westbrook is an all-time great player with or without a championship. But now if they do win one, it's just an excuse that people can't have anymore when it comes to, you know, debating the legacy of these guys. Yeah, definitely. And that will definitely be sort of the nail in the coffin, so to speak, with Russell specifically's legacy um, being that he's, you know, the, now the triple-double king if he were to win a championship, especially in his home city. Um, that's, you know, you really can't debate that. That's Hall of Fame material through and through. Um, so the other off-season move that I really liked, maybe you not so much, um, Kemba Walker signed with the Knicks. What are your thoughts on that? I'm actually really excited for him. You know, Kemba is an all-time nice guy, right? Always happy, always smiling, almost to a point where you'll be down 20 points and you see this guy smiling and you're like, why the hell are you smiling for? Why the hell are you smiling for? But you know, Obviously, that move, he got bought out of his contract from OKC, and that was because Boston traded for Al Horford. Right. So I actually like that move of trading Kemba Walker for Al Horford because Kemba Walker, you know, he, he plays with the ball in his hands and he, he scores a lot from the perimeter, off the dribble, etc. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum do that a lot. Al Horford gives us, you know, a bigger body to rebound, play some defense, etc. And he's a bit more durable. Even though he's older, he's more durable. So Kemba Walker was never going to stay in OKC. So the fact that he, like I said about Russell Westbrook, managed to get home to his hometown. Like everyone who grows up in LA wants to be a Laker. Everyone, as much as the money they want to put into the Brooklyn Nets, every kid in New York wants to be on the Knicks. Yeah. You know, growing up, they, they want to play for the Knicks, even though the Knicks aren't good. So I'm happy for Kemba. Um, it's going to be interesting because they've got Derek Rose and Kemba Walker. And I can't really see them playing together, but it's yeah. going to be nice to have Derek Rose in the game. Now Kemba Walker's in the game. So it's going to be a nice little one-two punch 
at the point guard spot. Um, but it feels like all these guys in the NBA are just finding situations where they're more happy. You know, the players are just having more power in terms of, oh, I don't want to play here, I'm, I'm going to go over here. And, you know, for a lot of fans, it's annoying. You know, like, you might have been excited to keep this. Like, Washington Wizards fans might be annoyed because, obviously, you'd rather watch Russell Westbrook than Carl Kuzma. Or, or an OKC fan might rather watch Kemba Walker than Cap Space. But I'm happy for the players, you know. They get to do what they like and play in places they've always dreamed of. I mean, if I could go and play for the team I always grew up dreaming of playing, that would be my dream come true too. So I yeah. can't not be happy for them. Yeah, I fully agree with you on that. And I feel like there's a different element when a guy gets to actually play in a spot that he's like very excited to be in. It's like a completely different, it's like the vibe of like playing at Rucker or Drew League. You know what I mean? It's just completely ball for fun. And you just see them get to like show out with a huge smile on their face, like you said about Kemba. And you're you just see them thriving when they're in those places that they want to be in instead of a team where they're like, man, I really don't want to be here. Like, so um you have shined a lot of light on everything. I'm sure anybody listening is kind of like, who exactly are you? Um, you tell the sports talk mostly audience more about what you do with Sky Sports. Um, so if anyone is wondering who I am, I am Mo Mootsi, a.k.a. The Hoop Genius. That's all you need to know, because if you didn't know before, now you do. Um, but so anyway, over here in the UK, the Sky Sports is our national broadcaster. So it's basically the equivalent of a TNT or ESPN. You guys, I find it weird how you have like multiple networks. Here, the NBA only comes on one channel. So you only need one channel to watch the NBA. Sky you Sports. It's weird too, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sky Sports is, you know, the home of the NBA over here. So I do the live games. I do, you know, kind of the pre-match uh, analysis and breakdowns and half times and timeouts and that kind of stuff. And then I also have a weekly debate show where we do kind of, you know, discussing the biggest topics from around the world of the NBA, going back and forth uh, with my co-hosts on the show as well. So that's what I do uh, with Sky Sports. I do a bunch of other stuff. I have a show on Snapchat as well called In The Paint. I do a bunch of stuff with NBA 2K. I do a bunch of my own stuff as well. So I just try and fill 24 hours a day with basketball and a little bit of cereal sprinkled in here and there. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. You mentioned you do a lot of work with the NBA 2K community. Um, my audience is slightly familiar. I definitely have some some gamers out there. And I actually had uh, GM and head coach of Heat Check Gaming, Derek Franklin, oh. on the show in the past. So um, talk a little bit about why gaming culture is so important to the growth of the NBA. Uh, you know, just from a personal level. I think gaming is, is like, it has a reputation for being nerdy, but ain't no one calling me nerdy. That's just, that's just the first thing. Right. Because I think the beauty of video games is now kids can stay inside the house and play a game. And, you know, it works on, now, now 2K, you can play with all your friends, right? So it's like communication, right. team building, even though it's not as good as playing real basketball, but being inside and playing games, it keeps you off the roads, keeps you off the streets. It keeps you out of trouble. You can't get into any trouble. Obviously, it's different for everyone growing up, but you can't get into any trouble if you're inside your house playing games. Do you know what I mean? So I just think gaming is dope as an industry like that. And it opens so many so many doors that wouldn't have been open to people beforehand. Um, and for the growth of the NBA, I know so many people in here. Like, I think it's different for you guys in the States because you've grown up with the NBA being part of the culture. Whereas over here in the UK, the NBA has been growing and growing. And I've met so many people who have become NBA fans because they've been playing NBA 2K. Right. So 
They play NBA 2K. In fact, to be fair, my core friend group of like the people I spend most times with, uh, when I went to university, they were never NBA fans when we met. They were all football fans, soccer fans, right? right? But they used to see me playing this game. And so they started playing it with me and they were like, yo, this is kind of lit. And through playing the game, then when the playoffs came around, they were like, yo, let's watch this basketball stuff. Yeah. Now they're like proper basketball fans. That's so awesome. through the game, they learn about all the players and all the teams and all the jerseys. And, you know, it's just a good entry into the world of the NBA. Right. I definitely think that a lot of people in the States forget that basketball is such an American sport and it's really not that popular. I mean, maybe Canada, obviously Toronto Raptors. Well, but- it's, 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 it's huge in Europe, but EuroLeague is the thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because like, like, I think Americans would be shocked if you came to a game in Europe and it's like uh, one of the teams in Serbia versus one of the teams in Greece, right? right. It's crazy. It's the stadium, the arena's packed, fans are screaming, there's like, but it's not like like the NBA, which is very professional, inside the arena. I remember I went to one game in Barcelona and the fans were letting off the flares, you know, like the flares with the fire inside the indoor arena. And they had to delay the game because there's so much smoke, you couldn't actually see anything in the whole building. Yeah, I've heard they like do that. Uh, arena yeah, that's like a thing crazy it's, <laughs> it's crazy so i would freak out it's it's crazy like anyone who's in europe from america i urge you to go see a euro game uh, so basketball is popular you know as a sport but it's right. just getting the nba as right. as a business as a product over yeah. to europe that's kind of the the because americans just think the nba is basketball but basketball is a sport and right. there's so many other leagues and divisions and that, that way you see like i remember when luka Doncic was coming to the league and all these guys, all these Twitter experts and gurus and whatever they want to call themselves were like, ah, he's never going to make it. He's he's only played in the EuroLeague. He's too slow. He ain't going to be able to play in the NBA. And then he just comes to the NBA and it's just a walking bucket. And he said, even Luca said, scoring in the NBA is easier. You saw it with the Olympics. Like all these guys, they can't score in international play like they do in the NBA. So, so that's the distinction that I always like to make because people say basketball is an American thing, but... Basketball's a worldwide thing, even in like Philippines, China, wherever, basketball's huge. But the NBA is what I'm trying to grow here in the UK and the rest of Europe. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So you actually, just a a few days ago, uh, tweeted something that I absolutely loved. And it went, you know, it was pretty popular uh, regarding your work (laughs) in NBA specifically. And the tweet said, and I quote, they don't show Sky Sports in America, so the majority of Hoop fans haven't seen it yet. Um, yet. Yet, exactly. But when it comes to this NBA stuff on TV, I'm top three in the world. Carry on. Top three. And I love it. Uh, you're definitely, like, first of all, like, mad props for, like, being such a goat that you have, like, Twitter's <laughs> actual support when you say stuff like that. Because most people who, like, don't have the credentials to say stuff like that would just get ratioed to hell on Twitter mm-hmm. for that. But you have mm-hmm. so many people, like, quote, tweeting you, like, pay attention, pay attention. Um, secondly... I completely agree, <laughs> obviously, because I have you on the show. <laughs> and lastly, you listed as like a thread um, to that tweet, you listed some topics that you cover that motivated you to tweet that. So tell us more about what makes you so multifaceted and your content so important for the Hoop community over there. So first of all, 
a couple people. I got mad love. I want to shout out everyone who gave me. I got mad love on that tweet. I had you so did. many people, hundreds of people saying they agree. I have one or two people, as you do with the internet, spreading some negativity, saying it was arrogant, saying it was big headed, saying it was bragging. Here's the thing. It ain't bragging if you can back it up. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So let's take, go check the tape. Here's, here's what the situation is is I'm the new generation of the media, right? So you guys have got, I see everything that happens in America. You've got guys like Stephen A. Smith and, and Skip Bayless, whose yeah. jobs are to give hot takes and co cause controversy and debate all day. You've got guys like inside the NBA who, you know, their job is to have a laugh and have fun and make people laugh. Then you've got guys like, you know, Tim Legler and, and you know, a lot, a lot of other people that do a great job of breaking down the film. Right. And then you've got guys like Nick DePaula, who's amazing, bringing you the sneaker news. Right. I do all of it because I've studied the game and I can bring and draw from different parts when I need to, where I need to. That's the difference is there's no one else. Someone said to me, anyone could do that. I said, name one person in this whole media game right now that can do what I do right. in terms of, break down the plays from the technical standpoint of the X's and O's and then talk about the, the kicks that each player on the court is wearing <laughs> and then talk about the entire history of the franchise. And then and talk, because I dedicate my life to this. That's what right. I do all right. day, every day. I think about nothing but basketball, basketball culture It is what I do. Right. So when I say I'm top three in the world, it's, it's only because the rest of the world's not seen it. Once I get put on in the States, I'm top one. Right, and, yeah. Well, and, and that's kind of what, like, the majority of the replies on that thread were saying was, like, as soon as you get a chance to, like, get an opportunity over in the United States, like, you're, it's, you're, it's locked. It's over. Like, it's, yeah. Because I see, everyone's always complaining about TV coverage in America. Right. Everyone's always complaining about TV coverage in America. Myself and, included. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, because it is bad, though, because yes. they can't balance. Like I said, those guys all just do one thing each, with all right. due respect, well, because Stephen A. Smith is amazing at what he does. Yeah, and Tim Legler is amazing at what he does. Even yeah. some of their social media coverage is, like, horrendous. I mean, with Simone Biles specifically, even before the Olympics, there was so much she was doing and. I think SportsCenter's Instagram posted about it about once. <laughs> no, it's like, this, this is the thing. I'm trying to bring a whole new generation through and right. I'm trying to do it my way. Like I, I do things different. So when you see me and I'll go and do a show, right? Even from turning on the TV, I'm there, but I'm wearing Jordans and, and a blazer and a turtleneck with a gold chain around my neck because that's me. That's my source. I do yeah. it my style. Exactly. You know what I mean? I don't follow what everyone else has done. I take the best parts out of what everyone's done and I add that to my bag. Right. You see how, like, the game of basketball evolves over time, right? So now you see players like LeBron James studied all the great players who came before him and took pieces of their game. Dr. J, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant took parts of their game to add to his bag. Same way Michael Jordan took parts of all the greats that came before him and added to their bag. So right. I'm just taking the great parts out of everyone that I see and putting it in my bag in the hopes that one day there's a kid out there who takes some inspiration from me and puts it into their bag. Because that's what the whole thing is for, right? right. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm, my time on earth is limited, right? But if there's kids out there that see me doing what I do, and this is the reason I feel like I can brag, because so many kids message me like, yo, I had never seen someone like you do this before. Right. You know, like, I remember the first time I went to an NBA press conference. Everyone in the room was an old white man. 
Right. And, that, and that's with all due respect to those guys. People who talk like me and, and walk like me and look like me, we, we don't do those kind of things. It, it, it wasn't happening then. Right. So diversity. That's, that's my whole thing is if, if I can just inspire people and motivate people, then that's my job done. And then when it comes to comparing myself to all the rest of the game, anyone can say what they want, but anyone can come and debate me on anything. Anyone can come and do anything they want. I'm top three and that's me being humble. Right. And it has to be said that you were not really using your Twitter account for a whole lot, like at least for a while or maybe at first. And then you started using your Twitter account again and you got verified like like so quickly and and I remember like I think like either you tweeted about it or somebody tweeted about it and you retweeted it but you're like yep like finally got that verified check you know what I mean and it's like well because that's exactly what Twitter like requires to give people the verified check is like legitimate sources legitimate like representations from legitimate networks and things like that so um yeah it it definitely goes to say you are bringing a lot to the basketball community a lot to the nba community and a lot to the culture side of things too so um i appreciate you i appreciate you're too kind people that support you help you get an opportunity that makes more american hoop fans familiar with your name i just need everyone who supports me and messes with me and mess with my stuff just spread the word just share it like i never ask for I started doing Twitch streams, right? And people were like, yo, Mo, where could we donate money? And da, da, da. I said, listen, I don't, I don't, not that I don't need it, because obviously everyone loves getting paid, but I don't need any of that. It's your hard-earned money. Don't waste it on me. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm just going to buy more shoes. So (laughs) (laughs) all I ask, all I ask from everyone is very simple. Just share my work. If you see me post something, retweet button is free. Like button is free. Send it button is free subscribe button is free that's all i ask from anyone because i do this for the love of it and i remember being a kid with no money i didn't have money to pay for that's why i don't really like this all this stuff behind a paywall i don't really rock with it because if everything was behind a paywall when i was coming up because i started my career as a writer right before i started doing the presenting stuff but if everything was behind a paywall i would have never been able to read great writers and learn from them so that's why i try and make everything free as much as i possibly can so all I ask in return is people just share it, spread the love. If they think something's good and they want to share it with their friends who like basketball, just spread the word. That's that's all I ask for. And in return, I spread love right back. That's, that's <laughs> trying what I try and I'm do. You know what I mean? I'm with you on that. Um, slight transition. Let's talk NBA draft and summer league just a little bit. Obviously, summer league just concluded. Um, NBA draft was about a month, month and a half ago now. Um, so what teams or players do you feel stood out in summer league? And who do you feel has a little bit more to work on prior to preseason matchups or even during preseason matchups? So for me, you know, obviously I've got to rep for my European boys because I always get a little bit of an insight before they come over, right. you know, to because I see them working out at camps and stuff here. So I get to see them before they register for the draft etc so right. you know a lot of the europeans over the last i remember seeing like luca when he was like 16 or something and and being like wow so this kid that the houston rockets drafted alfred shengun he had a great summer league and he was a standout player but i also think he's got the most work to do because it's one thing being a forward and playing summer league basketball and there's a whole other thing going up against grown men in the nba having said that he was the mvp of the turkish league which okay. isn't a bad league so you know 
I think that he has got a lot of potential because his fundamentals are so good. Um, he's a highly skilled player and he seems to be a fast learner, especially on the defensive side, which is where a lot of people thought he would struggle. So for me, that's my standout. But obviously, Jalen Green looks like a walking bucket. I think the Houston Rockets did so well on draft night. Jalen Green, um, Christopher as well. And of course, Usman Karuba, who is a bit late and he's going to struggle to kind of uh, evolve into the NBA or find his way. But once he finds his way, he's just, he's a disgusting defender. He's literally going to put the clamps on guys. It's going to be horrible for guys to try and get a bucket on him. So I think the Houston Rockets definitely won um, draft night and summer league and all of that. Um, the Sacramento Kings, Davian Mitchell looks like a star. You saw that in the final, the way he's playing on both ends of the floor. He looks amazing, but the Kings have got work to do now because they've got Mitchell, yes. Fox, Halliburton, and Heald. Yeah. So not all four of them can get good level minutes. They're going to have to make some moves and, and you know, try and find a way to work. But it's Sacramento, so they'll find a way to somehow lose all four of them because <laughs> that's just what they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen uh Twitter Twitter NBA Twitter has been going off about the Kings just about how it's like just a disgrace. They're kind of like over it right now. So <laughs> I mean I feel bad for Kings fans, but hopefully they can find some way to shake out some wins. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, they'll give they'll get enough wins to give their fans hope, but not enough wins to actually do you know. Yeah, so yeah. that's how they've been stuck since about 2004. So I, I feel bad for my friends with Sacramento Kings fans too. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know it's just such a bummer when players get stuck in situations like that because everybody wants to win and, you know, I'm sure, you know, most people are okay with a like development year here or there, but at the same time, like everybody wants to win. So it's just so heartbreaking when you see guys stuck in those situations where either because of management or just available talent, they just cannot put something together. I mean, if the Blazers don't get their act together, they're kind of going the same direction. So I'm See, like, this is this is the thing. I wanted to flip the script for a second and ask you a question. Okay. I need your take on the whole Dame situation, leaving Portland, staying in Portland, back and forth. I couldn't come to this podcast and not ask you for your opinion. Even though you're asking me questions, I thought it's only right if I ask you as well. It's your totally take fair. On the whole Dame it's, situation. it's totally fair game. Um, man, you know, it's... It's a bummer because Dame was not Neil O'Shea's brainchild. He Dame's drafting to the Blazers was orchestrated by the previous management team. Um, and that's where it becomes a little bit of a gray area between who's the favorite, uh, him or CJ, because CJ McCollum, on the other hand, was Neil O'Shea's draft pick. So... I think, um, unfortunately, he has a Supermax this year. So he could not realistically have really gone anywhere this year if he wanted to withhold that Supermax. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked out. So after this season, if Neil in the front office cannot make some valuable moves, I see Dame making a decision outward. But... I do not, under any circumstances, see that being to the Lakers. So yeah. I just <laughs> have to. Lakers fans think they'll get everyone. I, Lakers I fans probably watch. 
I would be okay with seeing him with the Knicks. I would be okay with seeing him with the Mavs, the Heat, any of these teams that NBA Twitter has dreamt up in their heads that he's going to end up on. Any team besides the Lakers, because I just know if Dame were to play for any California team, he would not do so until he could go home to Golden State. I hear you. I hear you. I was just going to say the Lakes fans team, they can get everyone. Any summer player is available or rumored to be available. Like they probably watched Space Jam and thought they could get some of them aliens on a team. And well, actually, Dame was one of the aliens in Space yeah, Jam, but you know, what I mean. squad. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, <laughs> but no, Lakers fans made me laugh. Like, cause, cause, yeah, they've been photoshopping Mellow into a Lakers jersey every summer every since year. basically Twitter began. And like since the beginning of Twitter. The <laughs> now they finally got swaps for this announcement right now. He's still got the braids. He's still got the braids. Yeah, like, get a recent photo of him. Jeez, Louise, you have to Photoshop him out of a Blazers jersey, and y'all don't like doing that, so. Hey, Laker fans. Lakers fans, man, I love so many of them, but at the same time, I just want to strangle all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And I know I have some audacity because I'm wearing a Kobe jersey as I say that, but at the same time, I said what I said, you know? <laughs> but that's a, that's a Kobe jersey, not a Lakers jersey. I was wearing a, my my Kobe jersey, you know, yesterday, and I said, "Listen, you know, can someone ask me? Yo, I thought you would never wear a Lakers jersey." I said, "This isn't a Lakers jersey. It's a this is a Kobe jersey. It's not a Lakers jersey. Don't ever get it twisted. If you see me in a Lakers jersey, that's a Kobe Bryant jersey, not not Kyle Kuzma or whatever <laughs> hell you want to put on your jersey. You whatever, man." <laughs> Thank you. I'm with you on that. I'm gonna start saying that now. It's not. That's a Kobe jersey. It's a Kobe for real. For real, for real. Um, so do you have a way too early pick for rookie of the year? Uh, I'm going with Jalen Green. I'm going with I said said it, I said it before he even got drafted. I just think um, you know, the situation that he's been drafted to, as opposed to Kate Cunningham, who's also a very talented player, who's also going to be great, don't get me wrong. But I just feel like like how we saw LaMelo win rookie of the year this year because he's a bit more of the razzle-dazzle, high-flying, exciting style of play, even though Anthony Edwards had a great season and he had some great standout moments too. I just feel like Jalen Green, he's going to have more of the ball as well because they're trying to work out that backcourt in Detroit with Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham. So they've got to figure that out first. Right. And then they've got the rest of the team is also trying to develop. Whereas in, in Houston, I feel like the fit might be a little bit more ideal for him to go out and get the Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, I think Houston might have set themselves up to have a pretty decent season, to be honest with you. I'm going to be pretty shocked if it actually happens, but I think they've got a good lineup. So I agree with you on that. I think that's the early pick from pretty much everybody around the league is Jalen Green with the of the year. So I know there are some Caden Cunningham dar- like diehards out there who are not going to like le- even let go of the argument. But I mean, unless, God forbid, Jalen gets hurt or anything crazy happens. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think. No, I hope all the guys stay healthy. That's that's the the worst part of the NBA season is injuries. I hope all the guys stay healthy. I know, I know. And in the bubble, I feel like everybody was getting hurt. So as long as people can just stay recovered from all of that trauma, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a way too early pick for NBA champ? Ah, uh, Brooklyn. Oh. Easy, easy. If if they stay healthy, they're winning. Okay, even over LA, or are you just not anti, yeah. like anti LA? I'm not. I'm not anti LA. My question is, 
who is going to guard James Harden and Kyrie Irving on the Lakers? Everyone says, oh, Ross can play defense when he's locked in. Okay, cool. Who's guarding James Harden? That's really my question. Right. Because you, you've got Kevin Durant to worry about. True. You've, and, and also, bear in mind, when they get to the playoffs, Blake Griffin somehow turns back the hands of time and starts playing like Blake Griffin again. And now they've got Paddy Mills coming off the bench as yeah. well. Right. Like Brooklyn, Brooklyn, if in my opinion, if they stayed healthy, they would have won this year. Yeah. So they, I, I think they've got too much talent if they stay healthy. I mean, I I have predicted in at the start of last year's playoffs, I thought it was going to be Phoenix, Phoenix, Brooklyn in the finals. Uh, obviously, we saw how that ended up. But um, I agree. I think Brooklyn's going to be forced to be reckoned with. I won't be surprised if we see Lakers versus Brooklyn in the finals. But I hope that's not the way that goes. There's, t- there's too many storylines. There's too many stories. We need to see. We <laughs> need know. to see Russ versus KD. You know what I mean? LeBron versus Kyrie. Like, these storylines are there. I'm excited just thinking about it. Yeah, that's true. I didn't realize all the history between the two teams now that, I mean, just literally until you just said that. I, there is a lot of, like, old teammate rivalry. There. Yeah, okay, into my Stephen A. Smith bag a little bit. But Kyrie Irving versus LeBron James. <laughs> Kevin Durant versus Russell Westbrook. Max Kellerman, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> First take and have a field day. Oh man, well, that is pretty much it. That's all the time that I need to take of yours for today. So, before I send you on your way, um, again, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank you, thank you. you. This has been fun. I know. Yeah, by the way, you've done an amazing job as the host of the podcast. I know you were talking about being nervous before. You've done an amazing job. Thank you for having me on. This has been a great, great vibe, great laugh. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know we've been talking about this for a while. I know you're obviously busy during the season. And I feel like things were crazy after the season with Summer League. It was such like a, you know, bing, bang, boom. Never stops. Never stops. Never stops. (laughs) So um, in in closing, I just want to give you an opportunity to tell all the listeners where they can find you online. I know you mentioned everything a bit before, but give them, give them hell on the way out. Tell them how hey, to hey. um, uh, Listen, you guys, you guys listening, thank you for listening through to the podcast. Uh, thank you for Taylor for being such an amazing host. Um, if you want to check me out, you can check me out on the Hoop Genius YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash hoop genius catch me on twitter at the hoop genius instagram just type in hoop genius and if you see a better looking version of drake talking about basketball with a british accent you will know you're in the right place that's it (laughs) that's very accurate (laughs) so accurate (laughs) awesome well like i said mo thank you so much for your time i appreciate you and we'll talk very soon i'm sure i'll have to get some more of your takes as the season starts and goes on so most definitely i'll talk to you later i appreciate you have a great evening you too god bless